0: In all three of our readings, we see a spiritual dynamic that is also true in each of our faith lives. It's the dynamic of encounter, repentance, and evangelization. Encounter, repentance, and evangelization. In our first reading, Isaiah encounters the incredible majesty and the holiness of God. In the Old Testament, Our image of God, the images in all of the Old Testament, are of the power and majesty of God. The one God, the creator of the universe. And so, what does Isaiah see? I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne with the train of his garment filling the temple. Seraphim were stationed above. They cried one to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook, and the house was filled with smoke. This is not a peaceful image. This is an image of a God of power and majesty, who has the host of heaven above him, whose very presence and voice shakes the temple and fills it with smoke. Isaiah is encountering face to face the transcendence and the power and the majesty and the holiness of God. St. Paul has his encounter with the risen Christ, who conquered death. St. Paul places himself in this line of appearances of Christ, where Jesus, after his resurrection, appeared to the apostles and the disciples and all of these people. St. Paul says that he also had an appearance of the risen Christ. Well, when a man conquers death... When he appears to you bearing the wounds of his body, the wounds of his crucifixion, and yet with his body perfected, that's an experience of holiness and power and majesty, something that you can't shake, that you can't get out of your head. And then St. Peter probably knew who Jesus was before this. There is a story, I believe, from the Gospel of John where his brother St. Andrew brings Peter to Jesus. But then, it seems that Peter went back to fishing, and Jesus is there preaching and sees Peter, who he probably already met. That's why he was able to get into his boat and convince him to push out. But Peter might not have realized that this man was who he was until the miraculous catch of fish. And now suddenly Peter is realizing this guy's more than just a teacher. He's possibly more than just a prophet. He is a holy man who acts with the power of God. He is encountering face-to-face the presence and the transcendence of God. How do all three react to these encounters? Well, again, Isaiah, Woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips living among a people of unclean lips. And then St. Paul, we don't have a great story of his repentance in the Acts of the Apostles, but in this letter he says, I am the least of the apostles, not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the Church of God. This is a man who understands how sinful he is, how undeserving he is of the grace of God. And then of course St. Peter's reaction, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. This is our natural human reaction to an encounter with the holiness and majesty and transcendence of God. If we are face to face with the creator of the universe, of course we are going to feel small. Of course our sin is going to come before our eyes. And our natural reaction is to flee. Isaiah, woe to me. He believes that death would be better than being so small in the presence of someone so holy and powerful. Or St. Peter is essentially begging the Lord to to depart from him. St. Peter can't stand being so sinful and so small in the face of Jesus. This is repentance. After we encounter the greatness and the transcendence and the holiness of God, we are naturally led to repentance to knowing and acknowledging our sin. But how does God respond in each time? In Isaiah, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an ember that he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, See, now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed, your sin is purged." Or St. Paul But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me has not been ineffective. Or in the gospel, four words from the Lord, do not be afraid. St. Peter is confronted with the holiness and majesty of God. St. Peter knows that he's a sinful man. He begs the Lord to depart, and Jesus looks him in the eye with a depth of compassion that we cannot really comprehend, and says... Do not be afraid. In every case, God's reaction to our repentance, to our sinfulness and our smallness in the face of his majesty and power, God's reaction is mercy and love and forgiveness. He purges us and cleanses us of our sin. He tells us we do not have to be afraid because of his mercy. Yes, in the face of his holiness, and the face of his power, we are nothing. We are sinful and we are undeserving. We ought to die confronted with him. But he doesn't let us die. He loves us. He has mercy on us. He forgives us. And then finally, what's the reaction? In Isaiah Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, I said, Send me. St. Paul doesn't say it here. He is the super-apostle. He is sent to the ends of the earth, to all of the Gentile lands. He establishes more churches than any of the other apostles, or all of the other apostles combined. He endures persecutions and stonings. He endures imprisonment and eventual beheading. He has to go and preach the gospel. And then St. Peter, of course, Spends three years, as the gospel says, they left everything and followed him. Spent three years following Jesus, and then after the resurrection of Jesus, he spent all of the rest of his life going around, preaching the gospel, again in the face of persecution and imprisonment and constant threats of death by the authorities. Encounter, repentance, and evangelization. When we have these encounters of God, when we're led to repentance, when our sins are then forgiven, our only possible reaction is to desire to tell the world about our encounters. Isaiah was so ready when his sins were forgiven. He practically jumped up and said, Send me! I'm ready! The only thing he wanted to do was to tell the people of Israel about his encounter with the Lord, to preach the word of God. St. Paul endured all that he did without question. As he says, the love of Christ compelled him. He had to. There was something in him that he couldn't shake. He had to go and preach the gospel. St. Peter was the same. He could do nothing else but to respond to his experience of the risen Christ. The spiritual dynamic holds true for all of us. As we grow closer to Jesus, we will encounter more and more the holiness of God. For some of us, it's a quick experience, like Isaiah or St. Paul. It's a moment, a flash, where they can never return, from which they can never return. For some of us, it's slow. For myself, I began to encounter God through the church. I fell in love with the church. I saw in her teachings an incredible beauty, an incredible holiness and consistency. But that wasn't yet an encounter of the holiness of God, it was the trail of holiness. I smelled holiness and I followed that scent wherever it led me. It led me to the Eucharist, another encounter with the holiness of God, to exposition in college, an experience I'd never had before. It led me to people who knew Jesus as a personal friend, something I'd never experienced. I kept glimpsing the holiness of God over and over again until he finally led me to a depth of understanding of his holiness. And then all of us who have that encounter of the holiness of God, all of us are led to repentance. If we experience something that we consider holy and we are not led to repentance, then we are not experiencing the depth and profundity of God. You cannot experience God without also experiencing your sin. You have to know that you are sinful in the face of God. But he always responds with forgiveness. For me, it happened at a retreat my junior year of college. I knew I was beginning to sense the holiness of God. I knew I was falling short of him. I was at this retreat, and he put on my heart that I was an idolater. I was worshipping women above him. I spent all of my emotional energy looking for romantic relationships, and I would think about him when I wasn't pursuing one, and then when I was, he would be far from my mind. Realizing this, I broke down in tears. I prayed for forgiveness. I made the best confession of my life. And he forgave my sins. All of us confronted with our sin. All of us led to that repentance. We'll find forgiveness if we seek it. At this same retreat, after I had confronted my sin and confessed to the Lord that I was a sinful man, he burned out of me my sin as he burned the lips of Isaiah. I felt physically manifested in me a burning sensation that drove me to the ground. I could not escape the depth and the majesty of God's love. It was overwhelming. This is the retreat... A month later, that caused me to think about priesthood, and six months later, that caused me to apply to seminary. After I had encountered the holiness of God, knew my sin, and had it purged from me, the only thing I wanted to do with my life was to preach that encounter, to tell people about the holiness and majesty of God. This is true for all of us. Any of us who have had an encounter with God, any of us who know what it's like, to confront our sin and have it forgiven, we have in the center of our heart an encounter that we cannot hide, that we have to tell other people about. This is what evangelization means. This is what it means to preach the gospel. Our encounters with God were given to us so that we would find that forgiveness, but they were also given to us so that we would preach that encounter to the world. The world needs to encounter the holiness and majesty of God. And that will happen because we ourselves have encountered the holiness and majesty of God.